0: Even a mind like his own, said Gauss, would have been incapable of achieving anything in early human history, or on the banks of the Orinoco, whereas in another two hundred years each and every idiot would be able to make fun of him and invent the most complete nonsense about his character. He thought things over, called Eugen a failure again, and turned his attention to the book. As he read, Eugen, in his distress, turned his face fixedly to the window to hide his look of mortification and anger. German gymnastics was all about exercise equipment. The author expounded at length on this or that piece of apparatus which he had invented for swinging oneself up or around on. He called one the pommel horse, another the beam, and another the vaulting horse. The man was out of his mind, said Gauss, opened the window and threw the book out. That was his book, cried Eugen. Quite so, said Gauss, dropped off to sleep, and didn't stir until they reached the stop at the frontier that evening and the horses were being changed. While the old horses were being unhitched and the new ones harnessed up, they ate potato soup in an inn. The only other guest, a thin man with a long beard and hollow cheeks, inspected them furtively from the next table. Everything pertaining to the body, said Gauss who, to his irritation, had been dreaming about gym apparatus, was the true source of all humiliation. He had always considered it a sign of God's malicious sense of humour that a spirit such as his should be trapped in a sickly body, while a common or garden-variety creature like Eugen was, to all intents and purposes, never ill. "'He had had a severe attack of smallpox when he was a child,' said Eugen. "'He had almost died. You could still see the scars.' true, said Gauss. He'd forgotten. He pointed to the post-horses outside the window. It was actually quite funny that the rich needed twice as much time to make a journey as the poor. If you used post-horses, you could change them after every section. If you had your own, you had to wait until they were fresh again. So what, said Eugen. Naturally, said Gauss, if you didn't think that much, this would seem obvious, as would the fact that young men carry sticks and old men don't. "'Students carry a knobbed stick,' said Eugen. "'It had always been that way and always would be.' "'Probably,' said Gass, and smiled. "'They spooned up their soup in silence, "'until the gendarme from the frontier post "'came in to ask for their passports. "'Eugen gave him his permit, a certificate from the court, "'which said that although he was a student he was harmless "'and was permitted to set foot on Prussian soil "'if accompanied by his father.' The gendarme looked at him suspiciously, inspected the pass, nodded, and turned to Gauss. Gauss had nothing. No passport, asked the gendarme, astonished. No piece of paper? No official stamp? Nothing? He had never needed such a thing, said Gauss. The last time he crossed the border from Hanover had been twenty years ago. There hadn't been any problems then. Eugen tried to explain who they were where they were going, and at whose bidding. The Scientific Congress was taking place under the auspices of the Crown. As guest of honour, his father's invitation came, so to speak, directly from the King. The gendarme wanted a passport. There was no way he could know, said Eugen, but his father was honoured in the most distant countries. He was a member of all academies, had been known since his first youth as the Prince of Mathematics. Gauss nodded. People said it was because of him that Napoleon had decided not to bombard Göttingen. Eugen went white. Napoleon, repeated the gendarme. Indeed, said Gauss. The gendarme demanded his passport again, louder than before. Gauss laid his head down on his arms and didn't move. Eugen nudged him, but it did no good. He didn't care, said Gauss. He wanted to go home. He didn't give a hoot. The gendarme fidgeted uneasily with his cap. Then the man from the next table joined in. All this would end, Germany would be free, and good citizens would live unmolested and travel sound in mind and body, and would have no further need of bits of paper. The incredulous gendarme asked for his passport. That was exactly what he meant, cried the man. And dug around in his pockets. Suddenly he leapt to his feet, knocking over his chair, and bolted outside. The gendarme.